Hello and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto from wherever you are joining us over this holiday season. This week, we have something a little bit different than our usual content. After our episode on DeFi last week, we thought it was timely to sit down with Chris Polkinghorn, who heads up the security team at SwiftX to talk about keeping safe and not just in the world of crypto, but with your entire online presence. It's something that so many of us know and just feel, oh my gosh, I'll never fall for it. I know all of the scams, but something that we've seen horrific things happen with over the last year and even before that. So Chris shares some of the common scams and just how intricate the architecture behind these are, along with some super simple tips that are just common sense, but so many of us don't do. This episode is super short, but it could be the thing that secures not only your crypto, but everything online, including your other investments like cash and shares and your entire online profile. Now, we have some incredible episodes coming up for the start of 22. I cannot believe I am saying that and we're nearly at the end of the year. But for now, whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. Welcome to the podcast, Chris Polkinghorn. It is so good to have you here today. Great to be here. Amazing. And we're in the SwiftX offices because you work for SwiftX. What do you do here? I'm the head of security, so looking after all things security, physical, as well as protecting all our customers, all our people, protecting our technologies. So, yeah. Huge job. Massive job. Big job. I've got a big team now. We're brought in a brought in a lot of guns to help out. <laughs> yes, definitely. And with the growth that we've seen, nearly over four hundred thousand users on the platform now, which is just insane and incredible. And so good to have so many people on the crypto journey with us. Amazing. Now, the one question we always ask everyone to the podcast is, "What was your very first crypto purchase?" Well, so my brothers, like we're all massive geeks. So back. A long, long time ago, we used to use our computers for like, it was this thing, it was like called folding at home. So like you put your computer resources in and it would sort of try and solve mathematical problems. So this is like, this is going back 20 years. And then my brothers showed me this thing to mine bitcoins. And so we were using our computers to mine those. And we we got a whole bunch, but they weren't worth anything. So we just left them on his hard drive and it it died. So we threw it away. So yeah, yeah, probably... 50 or 60 of them. So. Oh, my gosh. And, like, actually in the bin, gone. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, the counterpoint is we would have sold at the moment. It was worth 50 bucks. and Yeah, be like, woohoo, we're yes. rich. And then now be like, oh, God. Yeah, exactly. So it's like at so. least it's gone for good. So um, Gone, absolutely. Maybe someone going to dig through a tip yeah, now. Dig you- out, yeah, <laughs> head out, to the, <laughs> head out there and dig it up. You might find it. But, yeah. Good. And did you get back into it after that? Not really. Like I sort of followed along, and it, I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. And I've been since I've come here. I've, you can't help it. Everyone's talking about it. So, I know. Yeah. Literally, what a cooler chat is like. What's moving the most today? You're like, oh, hey, what's that? What's that going? Exactly. <laughs> Incredible, amazing. So we're here to talk about all things security today. So for everyone who is on the platform, those who aren't, everyone who's just in the crypto space, it is a huge thing. The reason that we want to talk about all things security is because some terrible things do happen. And we've heard some pretty bad horror stories come out over the last few years. What sort of things have you seen happen, I guess, in the crypto space or anywhere else where people are involved in trading assets in terms of scams and things that do go on? 
Yeah, the attackers are absolutely unrelenting in that regard, and it's in there. They're absolutely real. They're, it's they can execute these attacks from anywhere on the planet and clean people out of their money. We've seen a number of exchanges get hit with, with very big breaches, and you know, that's when the attacks are going directly after the exchange, or you know, then a lot of the attacks go directly after the, the customers and sort of exploit the weaknesses there. Yeah. But yeah, in recent years, there's been, you've seen hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars loss that have occurred for customers and exchanges. So yeah. it's certainly an area we put huge attention on. We've got teams who are investigating day in, day out what's happening in our customers so that we you know, better tool up our platforms um, and try and stay ahead of this stuff. But yeah. 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 And it is, I guess, the scams that we see today. Most people, when you think of scams, you're like, oh, the email from someone saying, click this link and I'll give you all this money. And that's what we traditionally think of. And so many of us think that we're savvy with that stuff. Like, oh, I won't fall for that. But I guess the scams and the things that are happening in the crypto world are so much more complex. And because we're seeing so many people enter the crypto space and not really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, hey, send something to here and I'll give you 10 back, you're like, oh, that must like, st- is that staking? Is that what I'm doing here? And so people just don't know what is a scam and what's not. Absolutely. So what sort of things are you seeing, I guess, people try and do? Like hacking the exchange is one thing, and we'll go into the security protocols that SwiftX have. But when you're, you know, I guess a user, perhaps in a Telegram or a Discord group, what sort of scams are we seeing people do? Yeah, so the attackers really, um, they typically try and target weaknesses in the person. So they'll go after basically people's greed. They'll have some. They'll target someone like like what you said about you know. Hey, we're running this competition. Yeah. If you and you were the lucky winner. If you send us this many whatever's coins, we'll triple it. And it's a real fundamental. Like if people hold it in their minds, that will never happen. Like you know, we're certainly never. That isn't something that we would do. I don't think it's something that any exchange would do. And the attackers are always trying to. They have this real sense of urgency. They want to get in and get out really quick. Yeah. And so that they'll really try and push you along and say it needs to happen instantly. Which um, we believe because the market moves so fast. You're like, oh yeah, this is a thing, right? I need to do it right now. Absolutely. They really go after that emotional connection. Like this needs to happen very fast. You know, don't miss out. Everyone else is getting this. So they really go after that. But it's definitely something that, you know, to avoid some of these scams, you just need to think sort of logically, like just slow it down. Like you think, well, hang on, what is this real? Is this, you know, this real sense of urgency? Is this actually Swift X or whomever? Is this actually who I'm talking to? You know, the... And I definitely agree that it's what you said about new technology. Like people think, oh, this must be something new. This must be specific to the crypto world. And like none of these scams are new. This is the same scams that have existed. Like it's, it's the same stuff that yeah. all targets human emotion. And so like if we really, you know, that's how you stop this stuff is to be suspicious of everything. It's, it's a real fundamental. There's, I don't know who said it, but it's, you know, trust people, but verify is the approach that we certainly take in, in security. So... I love that. And it's as simple as like, you know, even with PayPal and those sort of things, the little things that you do in your day to day, like checking the URL and actually like making sure that it's secure and it's the right URL. Like you do that when you do your banking or you're on PayPal. And so in the crypto world, I think people are just so unsure about what they're doing that they don't take that time to go, oh, hang on. Am I checking that this is real and verifying? Absolutely. And come and check with us, like contact our customer support and say, hey, I got this. I read about this competition. Someone on Facebook messaged me. You you guys messaged me on Facebook about it. Check, you know, connect into our customer support and and ask them and 
They're very well trained, our customer support in this state. They will, they will tell you straight away that is a fraudulent, you know, yeah, that's someone pretending to be. And at the same time, we're very active to, to shut that stuff down. Like we, we work with Facebook and we, we really go after these scammers now. But it's, yeah, if people hold on to those fundamentals about what to watch for, then I, th- I think they can really quickly improve their personal security. And you can apply that across everything, like you know, your banking, you know, any of these sort of scams. I mean, I don't know how many calls I've received from someone trying to tell me that my, you know, that the ATO is about to come and arrest me. Always. Oh, like, <laughs> like, wait, what? Exactly. <laughs> we are seeing they're getting more and more complex and people are just trying to do, I guess, anything. And it's not a Nigerian prince. You know, we spoke to Lockie Stewart on the pod a few weeks ago and he was talking about one of the people that he knew who invested $180,000 oh and sent it all away to someone that he thought was, you know, verified and in Dubai and lost it all. So, you know, we wow. spoke so much then about the importance of really doing your research, choosing an exchange that works for you. And we'll go into the exchange features in a moment. But for now, with someone who was, I guess, even in their general day-to-day life, how can they mitigate their risk? What sort of things can people do to really up their security on their own profiles? So a lot of it's going to come back to just getting the basics right. So we spent a lot of time on getting the basics right here, getting the fundamentals in place. So use strong account creation processes. You know, do not reuse your passwords. Like if you're listening to this and you're thinking that, yes, you, I've reused that password on about 10 different places, that is a really bad idea. The reason why it's a bad idea is that there's these things called like data dumps or password dumps. So you might hear about these big breaches where big organizations lose like their password indexes. And what then happens is the attackers aggregate all that stuff. And what they can do is they just, they can pull out the email address and these are the likely passwords and they just start trying that to log into places. And that's then, you know, next thing they've got access. If they can access your Gmail or whatever, then they can, they'll try it on everything else. You know, so that, that's why that stuff matters. So there's actually a really good service you can use called Have I Been Pwned? And you can go and plug in your, uh, you, you put your email address in there and it'll tell you every service, every sort of data breach, password breach that you've been involved in uh, unknowingly. You yeah, know, of course. It's really good service, completely free. Yep. It's, it's very good. We certainly recommend that. I think it's sort of tied into some of like, I think Google or Gmail, some of them sort of automatically use those sort of things now. But yeah, I guess it's sort of the purpose is to validate, don't reuse your passwords. So that's probably one of the first things really protecting your email address, like your core, so much of your life gets tied back to your email and your phone. So you want to make sure those things are quite secure. So for your email address, make sure you're multi-factor protecting that, have the strong passwords again for that. And then for the phone as well, make sure that you're sort of keeping it up to date, you know, don't just install any old stuff on there. You know, certainly Android is probably less secure. It's not too bad, but iPhone, they generally control their ecosystem a bit better than, than Android. If you're getting those things right, if you're protecting those things, and you probably started on the, the big steps. And I guess the reason why protecting those things matter is they're often used in the password reset process. So that's, that's the reason why we want to try and lock those down. And then, you know, yeah, absolutely get MFA set up on your accounts. And MFA is really easy these days. Like I remember, you know, a while ago, that was something that was always really challenging. And you had to sometimes you'd have an OTP, so a one-time password, and they'd send you something to your phone and you'd type that in. Now it's as easy as downloading. There's an app that's Google Authenticate. 
And you can download that and it has regenerating codes. Like again, going back in time, I remember working in finance, you'd have like little tokens that sit in your drawer in your desk and you'd get on your computer and you'd have like five seconds, get your token out, get the code, enter it in as quickly as you could and hope that it was still valid by the time you press go. Now that's all just on your phone in that a new, I guess, secure digits, like six digits comes up in that Authenticate app and you just enter that in, which is really cool. They're awesome services. They, They work really well. It puts the trust on how you manage your phone, but generally something that you've got physically on you is extremely unlikely that an attacker is going to go after you in that regard. You know, these most of these attacks are coming from faraway countries. They are very orchestrated, these attacker groups as well. Like it's something to understand is that these are big businesses. These are multi, multi-billion dollar enterprises is the way to, to think about this stuff. Sometimes they're sort of state-sponsored attacker groups, you know, but this is, but think of it as like the modern day organized crime units. So they're very well planned. They, you know, these attacker groups have organizational structures. They have KPIs. They sort of divide tasks out. They're, they're very well orchestrated. So that's what you're up against. So, you know, what you want to do is if you put these basics in place, then you become much more difficult for them. And it's a, you know, you've then changed the cost equation. If you, if, if it's really difficult for them to get into your things, they're not going to bother. They're going to, they're going to move on. So that's what we want. Yeah. And having that secure password is so important. Like I've seen, (laughs) and I've seen so many people and they'll have their password or some sort of secret answer to a question and then store it in the notes on their phone. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, that just completely takes away from that. We did an episode on wallets and wallet security with Chris from Coinstop. And we were talking about the importance of, you know, if you have a hot wallet, they have all of those passcodes that are stored in there. And if you keep them in the wallet, it kind of defeats the whole purpose of them because that's stored online. So if you need to access it, you can't access it. So where would you suggest if someone's looking to store these passwords that are complex and hard to remember and you can't, you know, no one's going to guess them, where would you suggest people store them? Password management solutions out there. A lot of them, most of them are free. They're pretty solid. Like LastPass is one. I think there's password management stuff built into like your Chrome, most of the browsers now. Typically, they integrate fairly well with like multi-factor stuff so that, you know, to even access that password vault, you can wrap like multi-factor protection around there for that extra layer. It's certainly a concept in security about layerings, like keeping on putting layer after layer of security on there makes it more and more difficult for the attackers to achieve their objectives. So you don't want to make it too hard. If things get too hard, then people basically take the shortcut and cut across the grass and sort of starts starts defeating it. But you know, I think that's, it's quite an effective one. LastPass is, is really good. It's so easy. And that can generate really great passwords for you as well. So you don't even need to think like about what symbols and what order. You can make them easy to read or you can make them easy to type. Yeah. And they're just, yeah, super easy. One of the best things you can do is to move to... You know, if you're trying to think up one, if you're not using one of those password managers, you can move to sort of phrases. So you, instead of trying to think up a whole bunch of random numbers and letters that no one's ever going to be able to remember, you can you think of like a, a long phrase that's something meaningful to you, but no one would ever be able to guess. Yeah. Can be whatever. Oh, I love the Brisbane River. <laughs> we are looking at the river right now and it's very beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, things like that. And it makes it a bit easier to remember, swapping out numbers, all sorts of stuff. The other thing that we touched on at the start is that hackers are going after exchanges. And we spoke really early on about SwiftX and why that was founded and all of that sort of stuff. If someone's considering to invest through an exchange, what sort of things should they be looking for that they have? You want to sort of understand their, you know, ask them the questions, ask about their security practices and ask about the protections that they've got in place for your assets. 
That's certainly important. Look into their history as well. A quick Google of their name and put security in there as well or breach. And if you see them with a lot of hits on that, probably want to do some deep diving there. So I think that's certainly some of the basics. You can also look at how much effort they're putting into security by looking at you know their teams, like look on LinkedIn and go and see if mm-hmm. there is no one at all with that title. Yep. Then be worried. If they've got a big team, then be you know, have some confidence, like what we do. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. For sure. So when someone's doing all of this, you've got the basics covered. You know what to look out for and what not to click. And then you're actively trading and perhaps you've done something that's really done really well or you're dollar cost averaging, you've got quite a lot of Bitcoin and ETH and you're going to hang on to it for a long time. What sort of things should people consider? Like, should you just leave it on the exchange if you're looking to hold it for like five years? I think if you're going to hold it for a long term, I would definitely recommend to put it into some of the cold storage wallets that are available. It's just sort of risk management. You know, bad things can happen. You might accidentally find yourself get fished one day and let your guard down and say, so plan for the worst case. Keep the bit you want to actively trade on in your exchange account and then put your long-term holds in, in your cold wallet, I think is probably the, the best practice advice on that. Yeah, perfect. And we do have an episode all about that and the things that you should think about when you're setting up those devices with Chris from Coinstop. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, jump back and listen to that one because it is really good about just, again, mitigating your risk. That's all we're doing here. And as you've explained, Chris, there's so much that's, it's not the exchange. It's not even, you know, your crypto password. It's your emails and your two-factor authentication and your mobile phone. Like there's so many different ways they can gain access to you. So it's really important to, I guess, mitigate that risk as much as you can, wherever you can. Absolutely. Perfect. Amazing. So do you have any other advice for someone who's just getting started out or even security in general? Look, it's your personal practices. I think if you hold on to the the trust but verify mentality for anything, I think you're going to be in a better place. Get your basics right. You know, if you're using whatever Mac, Windows, keep those things up to date. Keep them getting, keep them patched. Avoid installing weird things that you've found online. Be be selective there. Sort of consider that like a an ecosystem that you want to selectively add stuff to. Run a good sort of anti malware program. Like Windows Defender is really excellent. And there's a whole bunch of things available there. Use the MFA as part of your life and then sort of plan for bad things to happen, that it is possible and you know, use some risk management practices there to you know, reduce the, the, the impact. These are the things that we think about every day. Like we're fundamentally, our security program here is driven by risk. That's where we, we spend all our time. We use a lot of really automated, ultra, you know, very, very good uh, technologies. You know, we're always looking for bad things, but we always think about what's the worst thing that could happen. And then we, we try and solve for that. It's a great approach to take. Well, Chris, this has been so insightful and there is so much here that it just, it is common sense. But when we're playing in a place like this and especially, you know, people talking about DeFi and download this app and then to make it work because Apple won't let you, you have to disable this permission. And if a lot of people are doing that, you're kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's what I do. But verify is the biggest part of this is just really sit and think about it. And yeah, cool. You might really want to get into that project and you might really want to buy that because it's so hot right now. But if buying that means you lose the rest of your holdings, (laughs) is it really worth it? So it's something, it's such an insightful topic and you've given us so many great basics to cover here. And just thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks very much. It's been a lot of fun. 
Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 